Hi and welcome to A Heart for God and what He wants for us. Yeah, today. Wow. It's spectacular things going on. And while the thing that's happening down there in, in California, wow. Spectacular things. God is spectacular. Hallelujah. Thank God for His grace and His mercy. Thank God for his covering. I thank God for all he has done for me and what he's doing for me in my life. Thank you for being there. I thank you for being my God, my Lord, my Savior, my Deliverer, my hope, my joy, and my peace. I give all honor and praise and glory to God. For he is the beginning and he is the end. Amen. I would like to give a brief testimony of when the Lord saved me and filled me with the Holy Ghost. At the age of around seven, when I was young, my mother used to take me to church and I used to see people praising God and, and, um, Clapping their hands, you know, playing the tambourines and singing and the instruments was going and boy, I just loved it because I just love to hear people singing and stuff. I just love that. And um, so I, I one day tried to get involved with the playing the tambourine and the kids just to have Bible class and I used to love that and um, your Bible quizzes and all that good stuff and I used to love that so I actually was brought up in the church from the age young and I thank God for that that um, installation that was put in me because I used to wonder what church was about when I was young and never knew but God knew what he was doing. Amen. As I got older and older, you know, you hear, but then you're there and you're there and you're there. I did this and did that and tried this and tried that. I tried finding love in all the wrong places. I never could because sometimes you felt when you're not uh, really close to your parentals as you want to be in life then you go seeking other avenues of life to be close to like friends so yes I had a couple of friends and even God even supplied me with friends that were in holiness which was funny because they used to uh, tell me (laughs) What was right and wrong when I would like that they didn't see me doing what I said I was gonna do. It was weird. So I was like, wow, you know. And then uh one day the friends they got up and moved away and I didn't have any other friends that was into church like that at, at my school to kind of be around and hear God's word and stuff, you know. 
Yes, I would like go in the classroom. The teachers would let us go in the classroom for a couple of minutes before the class would start. And we could just sit in the classroom and want to and maybe read or, or do something uh, before the class start. So I would go take my Bible in the class and I would sit down and read my Bible. And sometimes other people would come in there and wonder what I was doing. And I was reading my Bible and I would go in libraries. I would sit and I would read my Bible away from everybody else because I wanted to be saved. But I was in and out. I was in and out. And I was in church, but then my mind wasn't always in church because you got people in your life that uh, tend to talk in your ear and you see them and they're talking about this and the latest gig and the latest trends and all this baloney. And then next thing you know, you trying to like pattern yourself, my God, hallelujah. You're trying to pattern yourself after others. You can't pattern yourself after others when you're trying to follow God. Let me tell you all y'all young people out there, you can't pattern yourself after others when you are trying to follow God. You must follow God and not people. Because you follow people, you end up in a dead end walk. My Lord, believe me. So yeah, was this girl I knew and um, she was not saved or anything, but she had somewhat a nice spirit about her. She was seemed like to be nice just to hang out with, talk and laugh and giggle and all that stuff, which girls do. They like to hang out, talk, giggle and laugh with the people they, they might be, a, you know, uh, going with or whatever. And at that time, I was going to a career college. And I thought I had it going on. I was like, yeah, I was young, 17. I thought, yeah, well, actually 18. But I, I thought, yeah, I got it going on now. You know, I moved out the house and I was living with my grandmother. And I thought, yeah, I got, I got, I got this, yeah. And I thought I was Miss Cute Thing, which I was not Cute Thing. But, hey, everybody wants to think that they're this and that. And when they're not following God. So, hey, I thought I was Mrs. Cute Thing. And uh, I got a little side swiped. And ended up having a child at the age of 21. Out of wedlock. Which was not good. Because you were looking. I was looking for something. That I could not find. And it was only in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's where true joy. True happiness. True smiles. Are in Jesus Christ. Because he's the only one that can. Give you that peace. That no man on this earth. Can supply. I don't care what they do. I don't care how they talk. I don't care how they walk. If they ain't walking for Jesus. They can't give you nothing. The only God can fulfill. So life went on. And I got married. Praise God, I got married. To my husband. God saved my husband. 
I got married. And at the age of 35, I received the Holy Ghost. I was at home in my kitchen and diddly and dallying around the house doing my daily chores and I was singing and giving magnification to God and spilling my heart before him in praise and thanking him and God dawned on me the Holy Ghost and he filled me with his spirit and that night I can remember it clearly because, see, you got to always know when you're in, a, in an uproar, the devil's always going to try to come and disorientate you. So that night, I was like, okay, I know I received the spirit. But sometimes people think that, oh, you know, you didn't get the Holy Ghost in church, so you must don't got it. The devil is a lie. God revealed to me that night when I was going to bed. He told me to consult my husband about a headache that he had. And um, at first I was a little hesitant because I thought that what if this is not what it is talking to me. But then God showed me that it was his spirit that was in me talking through me. And he told me, I want you to ask him, does he feel like he have headache? And, which I have no idea if he had a headache or not. It just looked normal to me. Just watch the TV. And I came to him, and I was talking to him, and I said, well, can I ask you a question? Do you have? Do you feel you have a headache? And he says, I do. I said, God wants me to pray for you. So right then and there, I knew that God had confirmed. God had confirmed that he was inside of me. And from that day on, he's doing miracles for me. I I saw a loved one in a vision I saw God's hand reach down and scoop them up like scoop them up and put them in a safe environment which I had no idea of their environment but we could not find this person that was dear to us but God told me that this person was okay and two days later we found the person and they were okay. God is good. Amen. Well, that is my testimony. I hope you like it. And if God did it for me, he's no respect of persons. He could do it for anybody. So just look up to him. First thing, you have to repent. Turn away from that sin, which is uh, uh, being godly sorry for what you have done. Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. I want to serve you. I want to live for you. I want to do right. I don't want to do wrong anymore. But I want to do right. Show me how. Fill me with your spirit. I want to know you in a real way. Fill me with your spirit. 
Take away that which is not like you. In Jesus' name, show me the way. And if you are true, God will lead you and guide you in the right direction. And then get in his word. Start reading it. Your Psalms and your Proverbs, which is really good for wisdom and for understanding. Because David went through a lot of things that he can relate to our everyday situation. So that's why we must do this. Because God will understand and he will he will open doors where doors are shut. And he will close doors where they don't need to be open. So in Jesus, if you're one of them out there, pray that prayer. Lord, forgive me. You said you will forgive. Forgive me of every sin I have committed. Known and unknown, I just want to do right. I want to be right. I want to be different. I want to be holy. Help me. I don't know nothing about holiness, but you but you can teach me and show me. And Lord, I want to be true. And if you pray that, God will help you. Amen. He will guide you. And he will save you and fill you with his Holy Spirit. Amen. God is good and good. God is. Mm-hmm. I would, now I would like to go into another episode. Uh, the episode is really talking about people that are have been in the church and have played mind games with other people. And just like how Jesus had had uh, wiped out the people when the, the den of thieves he called them because they were doing money changing and all this other stuff in the house of God which they weren't supposed to be doing. And God say he didn't like that. So he just turned over things because it hurt him to see that. Because it's supposed to be a house of prayer. And they made it a den of these. So my subject will be tonight. Pimping in the pulpit. My Lord. Pimping in the pulpit. Yes, that means getting people to say what they want in exchange for money. Let me read that again. Getting people to say what they want in exchange for money, my Lord. The need of money. The Bible talks about that. I learned that they might also target lonely people who are more likely to trust, you know, strangers and be influenced by them. They even influence them. And they often approach their victims. This is how this is where they approach people. To get people sometimes. They go to bus stops. This is what the pimps, pimping people do. Train stations on the street uh, in exchange for work, 
They may even offer food or shelter for them to do what they want them to do. The desperate people will follow pimps in the pulpit, soliciting the person to do dirty works, my God, for money. God is tired of dirty works. If you do that, they say, in other words, I will pay you or give you this in exchange. Let me read that again. If you do that, I will pay you or give you something in exchange for your service. Sounds like prostitution to me. Amen. Moving on. So we know for the love of money is the root of all evil. Let me say that again. The, for the love of money is the root of all evil. God talks about the love of money. It is the root of all evil. God talks about that. He doesn't want us to be in love with money. And you can find that in 1 Timothy 6 and 10 through 12. You say, for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And you wonder why people have many sorrows. Well, just say Because they have the root of evil, which is the love of money. Money makes people do a lot of things. A lot of things. They bend backwards. Or a dime and a nickel. Or even a quarter. They've been backwards for that. Oh, I just want to get a little puff. A cigarette. I want to get some weed. You know. I, yeah, I'm willing to like, you know, bend. Get that, that money to get that weed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that's an evil deed. Putting something in your body. That can destroy your mind. It's an evil thing for you. Drugs. And other things. That are evil. For you. God doesn't want us to participate. In those things. Because it will turn us away. From the faith. So. You know people. Um, really, they don't do things for love. They do it for things or payments they will get. You know, they will uh, want to buy. They let me ask you, where is the love? People only doing things to get paid. So where? Let me ask you, where is the love? People don't have it anymore. 
They proclaim they have God and doing naughty things under it. the table to please to please to please someone else and and not God God is not pleased with that let me read that again God is not pleased with that why do they want to profane the name of God and his holiness why do they want to profane this is so glad so sad it means the lack of respect you know, people want to be accepted. I'm going to go further into this to let you know that there was one in the Bible. He was willing to go over backwards to save somebody else and some things because he thought that that would make God uh, feel good about what he did, uh, what what he uh, sacrificed, in other words. But it didn't. Excuse my dog, he's in the back. <laughs> Praise God. A little peaky squeak. Okay. Uh, so the people, he talks about being accepted. They want people do things because they want to be accepted. And when they are not accepted, they will do anything to be accepted. So when Samuel, it talks about Samuel, 1 Samuel, the 15th chapter, starting at the 21st verse, it says, but the people took of the spoil sheep and oxen we are talking about Saul sheep and oxen the chief of things which should have been utterly destroyed let me read that again but the people took of the spoil sheep and oxen the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed comma to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God and giggle. Okay. 22. And Samuel said. Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices. As in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold. Comma, to obey is better than sacrifice. Comma. And to hearken than the fat of rams. Let me read that one more time. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the fat of rams. God didn't want no fat of no ram. 
he want that? He wanted Saul to obey his voice. He Saul thought by giving him something like that would suffice. But if, if that's not what God wanted, that's not what God had told him that he needed to go and do when he had to kill the uh, Amalekites. He went in there and saving different ones and saving the, telling the people to take the, the rams and take the, the, the sheep and all that stuff, telling them to take it. Oxen, you know, thinking that if uh, we get this, God will be satisfied with the sacrifice and the burnt offering. But God said it was better to obey me to get rid of all of them. Like I said, because God knew what he was doing. These people was defiant and disobedient, nasty folks, bad folks, folks that didn't acknowledge God. God wanted to get rid of them. But then Saul disobeyed and God was very wrought and, and saddened with what he had did. And then Samuel said, so for rebellion is as the sin, 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Somebody said witchcraft. Rebellion is is like witchcraft. What? You better believe it. Mm-hmm. And it's just as bad. Rebelling against God or what He has commanded is just as bad as you sitting there doing some witchcraft. And then it says, and stubbornness. I mean, nobody can't bulge you. Nobody can't convince you. Nobody can't tell you to do something and then you refuse. Or you won't you don't want to move upon what you need to move upon to make something happen. And stubbornness is as iniquity, God said. Be stubborn. It's a sin. To be and iniquity means wicked. Stubbornness is being as wicked. And Idolatry is worshiping something besides God. So just being stubborn, you are just as bad as a person who is wicked and a person who, who idolizes somebody else besides God. It said, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. This was Samuel was telling Saul. He said, because thou hast rejected. That means you don't want to go there. The word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. God took his throne from under him. And what did he do? He gave it to anointed David because Saul rejected to do exactly. He wanted to do it his way. He wanted to do things under the table, my God. But God said, not so. Since you cannot obey simple rules or commands that I put out there. As you being the king, I, I, I went and anointed you for you to be the king, and then you decided that hey, you wanted to do the opposite. So therefore, I need somebody that will step up to the plate and do it the way I said. That way, everything will be okay. I will be in an honor. I will be in favor of that. But when you step out, you're just as being stubborn. You're just as doing like if you was doing something, a sin of witchcraft. Your rebellion against me. So I will not let you go any further. 
That's what God said. You won't go no further with this. Because I see you're you're not trustworthy. God is looking for trustworthy people that he can trust. Can he trust you? Can he trust you with all his goods? Can he trust you with uh, t- uh, taking out his orders and, and taking them all away the way he want them to be or want them to go? Can he trust you with that? He said, if you be faithful for a little, I'll make you rule over many. Hallelujah. So God wants to know. Saul, could you be faithful? Why you couldn't have just done what I told you? I would have blessed you. I would have truly blessed you. But you made me have to go look for another because you refused to do what I asked you. You wanted to give me what you thought would suffice me. And that did not. Therefore, I took the kingdom from under you. You're no more, longer will be able to rule here. And then this is what Saul, let me tell you what Saul said down to 24. And Saul said unto Samuel, like Samuel was a fool or something, like he was a dummy. He said, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord. He you know what he did? You know what he did? Even he even admitted, he even come clean. He said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I know, Lord, I did it, and and thy words too, and because I fear the people." There we go. I want to fear the people, and I obeyed. I obeyed their voice. So the people was the one he was saying that rooted him on to do this. I, I, I made. I convinced him that okay. If you do it like this, you know, hey, do it under the table like this. Uh, yeah, you know, we're going to be in, we gonna be with you, Saul. So if you just go give us some of them rams, hams, lambs, give us some of them oxen, yeah, we're going to be all right. Bring them over here. Don't, 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 don't cut them up and kill them. Don't, don't do it. And then, so that's what he was saying. The people convinced him not to do what God had told them. Told him to do, and that's why he failed. So we can't be. That's what God said. You made my house a den of thieves, a hidden place where thieves go. You're doing. You're not doing it the way I said to do it. You're trying to do things under the table, and I don't uh, like that. And I'm not going to go for it. So I'm going to move you out the way and put somebody else in there. Who will do what I tell you to do. So it says, you know, Saul, he turned into a pimp. <laughs> he gave the people what they wanted. And rejected the voice of God. So God rejected him. Hallelujah. You know, you you we don't we can't give the people what they want because they will run. Right? into a brick they will run us into a brick a brick wall but when you give god what he wants then he will be pleased no matter how it seems no matter what's going on if you give god what he wants he will definitely uh be there to help you he will uphold you he won't let you down he won't let you fall because, like I said, in one of my other podcasts, God knows that we are the dust and what we are made from. 
But when God gives a command, he expects us to follow it because uh, we, be, we belong and we represent him. So that's what he wants for us. Not to be as a saw, stubborn, and rebellious because we think this is what would please God. No. We thought that if I paid a thousand dollars for the kids, this would please God very much. And the kids would be happy. That's who. You know, so other words, you know, the kids, they may, <laughs> the people may be saying, Okay, we're asking for a thousand dollars to appease the kids. But that doesn't mean the kids will follow just because you're trying to appease the kids. Uh, you gave a thousand dollars. Some kids just laugh and say, I, I didn't want that anyway. I, I could have done that for free. <laughs> and that was just so bad because it could have been done easily. And you made it trivial. Listen, God don't want us to be trying to pay somebody to do a work. But he wants to give it from our hearts. He said, you know, so you what you pay, you waste your money. God said, don't give of a necessity. And this is in um, 2 Corinthians 9 and 7. It reads, every man according as he purposed in his heart. So let him give not grudgingly or of a necessity or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Let me read that again. Every man according as he purposed in his heart. So let him give. Pause. Because we got that semicolon. Not grudgingly, comma, one second pause. Or of a necessity. Then it's going to tell you why you shouldn't do it of a necessity. Why? Because for God loveth a cheerful giver. It is tell you who God loved. Saul didn't do this thing cheerfully. Because, you know, if he did it cheerfully, then he would have had his focus on right. His focus wasn't on right. He was thinking about himself and pleasing these people. These Israelites. He was thinking about them. And he wasn't thinking about what God said to do. They said, oh, you know, you don't have to worry. You can do it like this and everything will be all right. And he listened because he wanted to keep some members. Members only. Uh, yeah, Remember that? Remember that jacket? Members only. Oh, yeah. So he wanted to keep his members. He wanted to keep the people. You know, they probably would like, we out of here, Sam. Sam. I mean, we're out of here, Saul. We're out of here. We don't want to be here anymore because you know you're you're you are not for the people. You are just want to do it that way. You don't care what we think. But it can't be always what the people think when it comes to God, because the people will lead you down a dark road and leave you right there, and you be stuck right there, and you would never come back ever be the same that you once was. You know, why are people doing things for money when God wants a free heart? My Lord, for God loveth a cheerful giver. 
God wants a heart, not money. God already owns everything. So what he what is he going to do with that Michi dollar bill? Hmm. You know? What God gonna do with a Michi dollar bill? Really? You're gonna give a big great God a Michi dollar bill. And that's it. God don't want that. That is why Jesus said, My house shall be called the house of prayer. Come. But you have made it a den of thieves, a place where thieves hide. You know, he overturned the, the uh, these people who was doing this money the actions. He overturned it because they thought that they could do things that could cause them respect. And for the church to have more respect for them. They he thought that. And God will overthrow. Any church that is based on money. And not love for the people. I would like to also read Matthew 21. 12-14. And Jesus went into the temple. Of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer. Come, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Let's not make God's house a den of thieves. It's not, that's not what it's about. It's about giving God glory, honor, and praise, and prayer, and loving him. That's what it's about. Not, uh, let me see what I can do under the table. And nobody has to know this is between you and me. <laughs> but God sees all things, and he's watching. So beware. Don't be like the money changer. Our God will spit you out like he did Saul. God bless and I hope something was said today that will stir your heart. Give your all to God because he deserves it. He doesn't deserve less but he deserves the best. He doesn't want money because money cannot buy love. Not true love. I don't care if he gave God a million dollars. You could not buy it, just like the sorcerer did. He tried to buy the Holy Ghost, but I'm sorry, the Holy Ghost is not for sale. Because it's free. Hallelujah. All God wants is a repented heart and to turn to Him. And when you turn to Him, come on and talk to Him. Tell Him all about what you need. Tell Him all about what you want. Lord, I want to change things in my life, but I don't know the first step. Show me. I'm looking to you. I'm going to step out on faith today, right now. I'm stepping out. And I'm going to wait until my change begins to happen. I'm going to look for it every day. I'm going to look for that miracle. In Jesus' name, God bless. And I hope to see you in the next episode, the Lord's will. Keep looking up. There's nothing's down. Bye. Hi and welcome to a